Welcome to the Brooklyn Church Ministries podcast. In the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the mystery of marriage. And as we break down the scriptures, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and the roles for wives in marriage and husbands in marriage. Yeah, so let's join the care pastors from Brookwood Church as they discuss the mystery of marriage. Hello and welcome to the Care Ministries podcast. My name is Doug Wildman and I am the counseling and marriage pastor here at Brookwood Church. I am joined here by two other fine gentlemen. We have Gene Beckner. Say hi, Gene. Hi, Gene. Hi, Gene. Okay. And then we also have Josh Masters. Hey, Doug. I'm hey. glad that we're here again. And we have our special guest here today, Carrie Headland. Hey, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> So we are starting part five of the mystery of marriage. We are looking at Ephesians chapter five, verses 21 through 33, which kind of lays out for us um, what mutual submission to between a husband and a wife looks like. Um, and it all is rooted in our submission to Christ. So, um, Carrie, I want to start with you, uh, since you are a guest here today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of things you're involved with here at Brookwood Church? Well, I'm actually involved in the counseling ministry, and my husband and I do marriage counseling. And I'm also involved in the premarital counseling ministry, where um, we spend about six to eight weeks with young couples that are preparing for marriage. That's awesome. And it's very awesome. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very excited to have you here today. Thank you. Um, what could you tell us a little bit about yourself as far as your, your marriage and uh, some of the things that you've learned along the way? Well, I've been married to my husband, Paul, for 13 years, but I was also in a previous marriage to the father of my children for 20 years. And in that first marriage, I was a Catholic and I was praying to God, but I did not have a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. Going through a divorce in that long marriage put me in really the pit of despair. And that is when I found Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I remained single for about eight years. And when I met my current husband, uh, we decided to do it the right way, the hmm. way God would have us to do marriage. So what, what does that mean to you? Or what did it mean to you and Paul to do it the right way? We both had a relationship with Christ and we both decided that we were going to not have sex or to remain celibate until we were married. And so we, we had a courtship, and I will have to say God just blessed us immensely um, by doing it His way. Neither one, of us, neither one of us had done it that way in our first marriages. So, so reverence for Christ, as Ephesians 5.21 states, was... You guys had implemented that before you even got married. Yes. yes. That's awesome. It was very important. 
very important to us. And I, I believe that when we are counseling our premarital couples, that that is one thing that we like to share about our courtship, that we remained pure and did it God's way. That's great that you're so open about that because it's really helpful. One of the things that we talk about in care ministries all the time is the ability to share what you've gone through and how that enables you to help other people come through the same circumstances. Yes, yes. So I think you know, Carrie, that we started out the podcast with sort of a general overview of what Ephesians 5 said, and then we spent two weeks talking about the husband's role in marriage, the biblical role of the man in marriage. And then uh, last week, we sort of went over the verses about the woman, but we think it's important to get a woman's perspective on mm-hmm. that. So let's just review those those verses again very quickly. Again, we're in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21, which is sort of where we've landed the whole series. Mm-hmm. But verse 21 says, and further submit to one another, so we're both submitting, out of reverence for Christ. Then it continues on in verse 22. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. And then it moves on to the instructions for the husband. And if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the previous podcast, we're going to encourage you to go back and listen to the first four because they build on this. But when you read that passage, Carrie, what is your perspective of that? I think in my former marriage, I may not have done that. But I think once I had that relationship with Christ, it was very easy to submit to my husband and even there are even though there are times when I might not agree with something that my husband proposes or whatever I don't try to change his mind or get into a fight about it I go to the Lord and I pray for him and I I just ask God to um, help him see what maybe I see that he doesn't so, and I, I kind of like um, Paul being the head of our marriage and our household because I, being single for those many years and taking care of two children, it was so nice for me to have a godly man that would take that lead. How much of that ease is because of the character that you see in Paul? Oh, yes. Um, I know that Paul loves Jesus more than more than life. And mm-hmm. so I trust I trust that. I trust him. I trust him in all things because I know that he too is seeking seeking the Lord. Do you ever have experiences where you're both seeking the Lord, but you're not coming to the same yes, conclusion? Yes, we do. <laughs> so how, yes, how do you do. deal with that in your household? So I, I just have to go to prayer and, and ask the Lord to give us the answer. Give us the answer. And, you know, probably the hardest thing about being in a second marriage and is blending the children mm. in, in our marriage and... There have been many times when we could have, you know, I have two kids, he has three kids, but we had to keep Christ 
at the center, at the head of our marriage, because children, they can manipulate, they do manipulate. <laughs> and um, that can, if you do not have Christ at the center of your marriage, the children could potentially pull you apart. Yeah. And that is one thing that I think we have stood together as as the head. I mean, as Christ, keeping Christ at the head. And I, you know, I, I wonder <clears throat> the the idea of of the two becoming one. You know, so d- does it ever feel like you get conflicting messages from God's word? Because at one side, He's saying, you know, that the husband is the is the head of the marriage as Christ is the church. But then it says the two are becoming one. And so I'm just wondering, even with the second marriage for both of you, what was that process like? Of the, the and then how does that work in your marriage? The two becoming one. I, I think you know. To be honest, I think in a second marriage, it, it might be a little more difficult mm-hmm. because you know a mother's love for her children is so strong, and um, you know the way. His children were raised, and my children were raised were absolutely positively different. Our mm-hmm. traditions were different, so it was only through Christ that we could become one mm-hmm. and um it was only through through Christ and his power in us that we could gel it all together so the the guiding of God as well as the empowering of God those are the two things that I've heard you say. Um, yes. Sounds like it's something that's kind of an ongoing thing that you experience. Yes, yes, ongoing, ongoing. And if we try to step out and try to manage this whole thing ourselves, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that we've been touching on in this series is that really if we're just giving people a bunch of rules that they need to follow, um, this is really not going to be possible. This really uh, comes as the result of having a relationship with Jesus Christ and the empowering of his spirit. Um, So um, if you were to give advice for a couple that was just starting off, what would you tell them um, based on some of the things that you have learned? I would tell them what I've said a couple times to to keep Christ at the center of their marriage and um, to realize that they are different and they're going to come to the table, come to the marriage with different thoughts and ideas, but to be able to communicate those things to one another and um, that family's important, their family of origin, both people's families of origin are very important. I mean, just doing the premarital counseling, the the steps we go through with, you know, communication, leisure activities, family, financial, you know, those are just a, some of the things that they are very important. Now, what would you say to someone who is struggling with what this passage says about marriage? Because you, you said that in your first marriage, and correct me if I'm misremembering what you said, that that wasn't there, but then it sort of became easy when Christ was in the center of your life yes. for the second marriage. Yes. But 
we know that there are some people who look at this passage and interpret it to mean that the woman is less than or that she's not equal um, or doesn't feel good about the word submit. Nobody in our culture feels good about the word submit, men or women. So what would you say to someone who's not finding it easy, who looks at this and, and doesn't know how to take any steps towards it? I think I would just suggest that they read on to the next verse. Mm-hmm. You know, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think a lot of women stop at that mm-hmm. passage that you just read. Mm-hmm. But if you read on to the next verse, it's so beautiful how men love their wives like their own body. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty clear. And, you know, in a former life, you know, I remember talking to friends that just that angered them so much to read the first part of it about submitting to your husband. Mm. But And sometimes I think it's just um, immaturity in, in Christ, you know, just mm. a little bit of growth in Christ. Do you have a, um, like a, an example of where maybe you kind of learned how to interact with Paul in that way? If there is any conflict in our marriage, it is always over our children. And there are times when I feel that my children live away and his children all live here. So we Mm. um, have relationship with the grandchildren and and the children that live here. And sometimes I feel so, I guess I feel jealous that I don't ever, I don't get to have that with my children. Mm. And and sometimes I think I want Paul to love my children as he loves his own. But we have found out that you, you just don't, you love your children so deeply. You love your stepchildren, but it's just not, it's not the same. And so... Sometimes I want more of Paul. I want I want him to love my children more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has caused some conflict. Um, but basically, I have to go to God about that because I can't change him or I can't control that. Or mm-hmm. And so I um, really, I seek the Lord... Um, for that because that's my heart that's really what I desire that's probably the only because my children's father is not really that involved you know in their in their life so when you seek god when you feel that frustration or there's that that tension yes and you say that you go to god you seek god what does that look like for you it just looks like on my knees in prayer just asking him just telling him my heart mm. and knowing that he can um, he can have an impact in Paul's life to know more about what's in my heart and I mean that would that would just make me so happy to see that kind of love um, that Paul would bestow upon my children because one thing I have learned is that you cannot change people we we discover that a lot in care ministries that you can can't change people. Nope, and I I no. I can be a little bit of a control person, and I think I can, but I have 
finally realized that that's not so. Only God can change someone or someone's heart. And do you sometimes discover that it's your heart that he wants to change? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I I think, and I, I try to push this away, but I think sometimes I have jealousy in my heart mm-hmm. because I don't, I just don't get to see my kids and my grandkids very often. And I love my stepchildren and I love my grandchildren. I love them all. And, and, but, but I do, I have, I have jealousy. I just said it. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> and I don't, it, and it's, it's, we appreciate and you God admitting that. And God does have to work on me. Yeah. For sure. And you're not alone in that. You know, I've had lots of experiences myself where I've gone to God asking him to change someone else's heart. And he says, why don't we spend a little time looking at your heart? And I go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> but we're talking about this other person's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's both hearts that have to be changed. Yeah, yeah. So here's a question I have for you. Um, what have you learned about the love of Christ by being married to Paul? How much he loves me. I've learned how much Christ loves me through Paul. Paul loves me well. He loves me very well. Mm. And he loves my children well also. Yeah. I appreciate your candor because, you know, I think we can all learn from where to go when uh, there are issues. Yes, we have to speak with our spouse and we have to learn those things like communication skills and how to do conflict resolution. But, you know, you're, you're really summing it all up with, you know, going to Christ first, you know, and being on your knees. And, and God, like you said, God knows your heart about the matter, you know, even before we go to Him. And so... And he promises that when we go to him, he will listen and that he will receive us and uh, give us what we need. Uh, And if we take that back to our relationship, sometimes the way you see the issue changes because like what Josh has said, God has changed you during that time of prayer. And, you know, that's wisdom that only comes with through experience, you know, and, uh, and what I like about what we've talked about today is that it's, and we've said this several times on different podcasts, like we're not trying to peddle a technique or a formula. You know, it's it's all about relationship. And so even when we come across a scripture like this, which seems to be difficult and may in a lot of people, you know, you have to kind of feel that inside resistance to it. Like, ugh, you know, the word submit or, you know, the word surrender or whatever it happens to be. But then I think as you start to talk about it, and this is kind of what I think we're missing in our society as a whole, just start talking about it and realize, you know what, it all comes back to Christ. It all comes back to that relationship. And what does that look like in your life? You know, because I think people who are listening to it, and Josh, I appreciate what you said about, you know, what, what about the person where it's difficult? You know, Carrie, I liked what you said. You said, you know what, go to Christ first. You know, start there and then see if it becomes easier. See if things begin to change. See if your eyes are opened, you know, and that you and your spouse are, are discussing things differently or seeing things differently. Um, I think that's a that's an awesome thing for anybody. Hmm. 
And I think that it's important for people to understand that having a relationship with Christ means being able to be honest about how you're feeling about something. Like praying over this scripture or any scripture isn't about going in and saying, you know, I would very much like for you to explain this passage to me with annotations. Like <laughs> it is okay to go before God and say, I don't like this. It doesn't make me feel good. Right. And I don't know why. Or maybe I do know why, but I don't like it, so let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. The Psalms are filled with conversations like that where David goes to God and says, I don't feel good about this. I don't like it, so we're going to have to talk through it. And God would rather have a sincere conversation with us than an insincere conversation with us. I would even take it a step further and say that that's the primary conditions mm-hmm. for God to speak. Right. You know, uh, it's, it's through those struggles. Um, and every one of us can relate to that. I was just thinking about marriage counseling, and I was thinking that so many times what the couple sitting on the other side of the room from us are talking about, you know, we've already gone through or we have a little idea of what they're struggling with. And I do believe that our stories are the most powerful thing that we can share Mm. with our couples. Yes. And that, you know, sometimes it's just little things that if they seek the Lord or just um, find that they can be able to communicate. Well, Carrie, thank you for giving us your time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for those of you who may be new listening to our podcast, there are uh, several that uh, are related to what Carrie talked about today. and the biggest one of those being uh, blended families. When we had uh, Michelle Bennyfield, who's a professional counselor, come in and, and talk about um, the struggles of uh, blending families. So if you have an opportunity to go back and listen to those. We also had one about expectations, uh, especially with family over the holidays. That's similar to kind of what you're saying. So, uh, And I think that would pertain not just during the holidays, but that's when we did it. It has useful information for any time of the year. Yep. Well, let us pray and then we'll uh, let you go. God, we uh, we thank you for what you have done in, in Carrie's life as well as Paul's and uh, their children, their grandchildren. Father, I'm, I'm thankful uh, for their testimony and uh, for your goodness. Lord, you are trustworthy. And when we do things the way that you want us to, Uh, Lord, things go well for us. We're blessed. And so, Father, help us to believe you. And uh, as you challenge us as husbands and as wives um, to live in a way that honors you, even if it's difficult and even if we don't agree with it and if we don't understand it, uh, Father, I pray that you'll compel us to take one step towards you because you will help guide us. And so we just look forward to how you will do that. And um, we thank you for your son and for salvation. And it's in his name, Jesus, that we offer up these prayers. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. For more information on today's topic, or if you need support, call 864-688-8355 or visit our website at www.brookwoodchurch.org care.
I think that you and I should do a recording of the Bible with different voices, <laughs> like different celebrities. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart reads Ecclesiastes. Oh, my. Well, well, well there's a time to be born. <laughs> there, there's a time to die. <laughs> 